All right, let's uh, go ahead and open up in a word of prayer and then we'll go from there. Um, Father, uh, we just thank you for your word. Thank you for um, coming down and, and, and setting the example for us, Lord, just being the leader and uh, being the uh, um, light um, and being the faithful one, Lord, to, to, to us, all of us, and um, that you've just done so much for us in our lives and that you and came and, and died for us and, and um, you provide for our needs and, and uh, you're so much bigger and, and more awesome than anything that we can imagine. And uh, Father, just thank you for the men in this room and just thank you for the fact that we can get together and uh, be men and, and be in a, an environment that um, allows for us to be uh, in a safe environment that is uh, allows us to, to be genuine with each other and to, to not fluff or um, fake anything, but instead we're able to uh, get to the heart of the issues and um, that we're able to get into your word and that you are just... Uh, showing us through this uh, how to be men and how to uh, be uh, good believers, good followers of Christ, Lord. And um, Father, just ask that you continue to bless us and guide us and uh, help us to be obedient and to uh, abide in you, Lord, so that you can abide in us. And uh, Father, um, yeah, just pray that you speak uh, through me and that uh, your words are, are heard and uh, that we're able to digest it and, and uh, understand it over the next uh week and coming days and that uh, it's just an encouragement Lord Father we love you and we thank you Amen Alright so um, yeah we were in chapter 4 last time and uh, um, uh, the guys were out they you know healed the sick man and then um, they get arrested and then they go out and preach again and then um at the end of, of chapter 4, um, in verse 36, it says, uh, um, well, sorry, it, it, just before that, in 30 through 35, they're talking about how um, people started selling their possessions and then you know giving it to the apostles and giving it to the church. And basically, there was none among them that were in need. And then it says at the very end, it specifies, it says, now Joseph, a, a Levite of the uh, Caprian or Caprian birth, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles, which translates means son of encouragement. So his name is Joseph, but they nickname him son of encouragement or Barnabas in this case. Um, and um, it says that he owned a tract of land and sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles feet. Uh, so then we start in chapter five. It says, but a man named Ananias with his wife, Sapphira, uh, sold a piece of property and kept some of the price back for himself with his wife's full knowledge and bringing a portion of it, he laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to, to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep some of the price of the land? While it remained unsold, did you not, did you not remain your, sorry, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not under your control? Why is it that you've conceived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to me, but to God. And he also heard the, and he, as he heard these words, Ananias fell down 
breathed his last, and great fear came all over who heard. And the young men got up and covered him up and carried him out, and they buried him. Now there was, there was a lapse in an interval of about three hours, and his wife came in, and now not knowing what had happened. And Peter responded to her, Tell me whether you sold the land for such and such a price. And she said, Yes, that was the price. Then Peter said to her, Why is it that you have agreed together to put the Spirit of the Lord to the test? Behold, the uh, feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out as well. And immediately she fell at his feet and breathed her last. And uh, the young men came in and found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came over all who all over the whole church and over all who heard these things. And the hand of the apostles sorry, and the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were taking place among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's portico. But one of the rest dared to associate with them, however, the people held them them in high esteem. Sorry, but no one of the rest dared associate with them, but however the people held them in high esteem. And all of the more believers in the Lord, multitudes of men and women, were constantly added to their number. Um, so I'm going to read through this real quick, and then I'll go back and break this down, because there's, there's quite a bit here, um, which is pretty good. Um, uh, to such, so, uh, and all the more believers in the Lord, multitudes of men and women were constantly added to their number to such an extent that they even carried the sick out in the streets and laid them on cots and pallets so that when Peter came by, by at least his shadow might fall on them. Uh, also, the people from the cities in the vicinity of Jerusalem were coming together, bringing people who were sick or afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all being healed. But the high priest rose up along with all his associates, that is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with jealousy. They laid hands on apostles and put them in public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the gates of the prison and taking out, taking them out, he said, Go and stand and speak to the people in the temple who the whole message of this life. Upon hearing this, they entered into the temple without, uh, about daybreak and began to teach. Now when the high priest and his associates came, they called the council together and even the senate of the sons of Israel and the sent order sent orders to the prison house for them to be brought. But the officers who came did not find them in the prison. They returned and returned back saying, We found the prison house locked quietly, quite securely and the guards standing at the door. But when we had opened it up, we found no one inside. Now when the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them as what could, a, what could come of this. But someone came and responded, um, sorry, came and reported to them, the men who you put in the prisons are standing in the temple teaching the people. Then the captain went along with the officers and proceeded to bring back without violence, for they were afraid of the people that they might be stoned, or riot in this case. Um, when they had brought them, they stood them before the council. The high priest questioned them, saying, We gave you strict orders to not continue teaching in the name, and yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teachings and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God 
of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom had put, uh, whom you had put to death by hanging him on the cross. He is the one whom God exalted his right to his right hand as a prince and a savior to grant repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses of these things, and so it is the Holy Spirit whom God has given those who obey him. But they heard this. They sorry. But when they heard this, they were cut to the quick and intended to kill them. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, respected by all the people, stood up in the council and gave orders to put the men outside for a short time. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take care what you propose to do with these men. For some time ago, Thaddeus rose up and claimed to be someone, and a group of 400 men joined up with him. But he was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing." After this man, Judas of Galilee rose up in uh, days of the census and drew away some people after him. He too perished, and all those who followed him were scattered. So in this present case, I say to you, stay away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or action is of men, it will be overthrown. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them, or else you may be found fighting against God. They took his advice, and after calling the apostles in, they flogged them, and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus, and then release them. So they went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they that they had been considered worthy to suffer for uh, suffer shame for His name. And every day in the temple, from house to house, they kept on teaching and preaching the name of Jesus Christ. So there's a lot here, a lot happening. Yeah. Still in the early church, you know, we've seen in the first few chapters that, you know, the, the Holy Spirit has come. They go and start preaching and speaking in tongues. They start doing these miraculous signs. They're healing people. We're seeing these crazy things. Um, <clears throat> and then it breaks away and starts talking about how, you know, the, the people, the believers came together. Like I said, they were selling their possessions. And none of among them, it says, were in need. You know, everybody was sharing their wealth and the sharing their possessions to better the, the overall kingdom and the brotherhood of Christ. And then it specifies, like I said, this guy named Joseph, who's also called Barnabas, sold his property. Well, before that, it just says people were selling their possessions and then giving it, you know. Um, so it was like the things I'm, I'm assuming. Maybe, maybe some people were selling their possessions, but for whatever reason, when when Joseph you know, who's the son of enlightenment, um, or son of encouragement, sorry. He, uh, he sells it, and it's, it's very important, I guess, or it's a very specific story to tell uh, from the writer, you know. And um, in chapter 5, it begins, it says, But then a man named Ananias, with his wife, sold a piece of property and kept some of the price for himself. Uh, with his wife's full knowledge and bringing a portion of it, he laid it to the apostles' feet. Um, the wording here could be very confusing if you're just reading through it, but if you like really like break it down, it's it's very specific because it's a weird story. It's like, well, why would God like kill this guy, or you know, like why if he just why did he die? Like it just it doesn't quite make sense. So. Ananias is seeing what Barnabas is doing. He's like, okay, well, yeah, I've got, I've got some extra property. I'll go ahead and sell a piece of my property. I'll take it, and I'm going to give it to the Lord. 
And so I don't know. I don't know how long it took him. You know, it doesn't specify. It could have been a month. It could have been a year. It could have been whatever. But he like sold this piece of property or maybe it's been on the market and he decided that he was going to give it to the Lord. But at a certain point, he said, okay, God, like he and his wife were like, okay, like we're going to give the proceeds of this sell. Whatever we sell, we're going to give to the church. Like we're going to give to our brothers and sisters. Um, and at, at some point during the sale or just after it, like he, he and his wife or he decided like, you know what, let's keep a little bit of that for our savings or, you know, whatever. Like we're just, but it's like, you've already, they, at this point they had already dedicated and said to God, like, God, I'm, I'm going to promise you, like, we're going to sell this and we're going to give it to your church. And it's like, then you're taking it back. And so Peter being filled with the spirit and knowing the things of God, like, you know, he's calling him out. He's like, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back some of the price of the land. And he says, while it remained unsold, did, did it not remain your own? So he's talking and he's like, look, like before you guys decided to sell this property, was it not your property? Like, right? He's just, he's trying to get this guy to like confess, like, yeah, I am lying, but he's just, he's not. And so he's, then he says, um, why is it that you've conceived this deed in your heart? Um, you have not lied to me, but to God. And it is like, the reality is, is like, we don't care that you're not bringing the money to us. Like, he's just like, oh, it, that, that doesn't matter to us. Like, the fact is you've made a promise to God. You made a covenant with God and then you're backing out on it. And so because of that, he breathed his last breath, you know, and it's like the, the spirit of grace, like you never want to like ever second guess or or spit in the face of the spirit of grace like you know like yeah jesus did come and came and died for your sins and you know it's like he did all these things but like if you're gonna be filled with the holy spirit and you're supposed to go do something like go do it but like don't make a covenant or don't make a promise or a declaration that like yeah i'm gonna go do this and they're like oh no i'm not gonna do it because like god's gonna know you know like you're not gonna hide it from god or there's there's gonna be some severe consequences for that and um you can even see then, so he dies. Literally two of the young guys just come in, wrap him up. They go bury him. I don't know if they have a graveyard or if they're just out back. I don't know. I don't know the context of like where they would have buried him, but it says they wouldn't buried him. And then while they're probably doing that, it says about three hours, um, his wife comes in and then Peter questions her and he's trying to give her an option again to, to, to confess her sins, confess the lie. And she, and it says specifically earlier in, in verse two, um, they sold a piece of property and kept some of the price for himself with his wife's full knowledge and bringing a portion of it, he laid it at the apostles' feet. So she fully knew what he had done. She knew that he sold the property um, and kept the, some, of the, some of it back and and so she's fully aware that the writer was very explicit about that. And so um, Peter responds to her and says, tell me whether you sold the land for such and such price. She says, yes, that's the price. Peter said to her, why is it that you have agreed together to put the spirit of the Lord to the test? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out as well. So he's like, look, those guys are right outside. They've buried your husband already. Like, See you later, you know, like, 
Um, and sure enough, she, she fell down and, and she died, you know, and it's like, it's one of those things like we, we've got to like respect the Lord. Like we got to respect the Holy Spirit. We've got to respect how good God is. And it's like, if you're going to test God, you're going to get your, your consequence. You're going to get your due. And so, um, if we're going to try to stand out on your own, then you're not going to win against God, you know? And in this case, for whatever reason, it's, it's kind of a weird story. It's one of those things that, uh, you know, throughout scripture, even in, especially in the old Testament, you know, we can read scripture after scripture that God abhors lying lips. He abhors the liars, you know, he's like, I would rather you tell me you hate me and spit in my face than you sit here and be kind of like wishy-washy, lukewarm, you know, like he's like, you need to be hot or cold. Like, um, don't, don't, uh, don't be a liar. Don't be a, a in-betweener. Um, and, uh, you know, it's important because of the Holy Spirit. He knows, you know, he knows what you're thinking, what you're going through. Um, and if you put him to the test, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna get paid what's due to you. And so, um, anyways, it says that they basically, I'm, I'm assuming what's happening is, is during this time, they're, they're like, they're the day of Pentecost. And ever since they've, they've been coming together as a church and like, it's just like, they've just had one really long, like church service. It's just been like weeks after weeks of just getting together, talking, preaching, like loving on people, eating meals, you know, just hanging out. Like nobody's really doing much, um, in the way of work or, um, you know, like I said, they're selling off their possessions to like help provide for others' needs. And, um, it's just like a really cool, like opportunity to have that fellowship. Um, and, you know, during this, all of this is happening, you know, obviously these two, this couple dies, um, they go bury them. And then it says in chapter or verse 11, it says, and then great fear came over all the whole church and over all who heard of these things. Um, I meant to do figure out what that exact word, what fear was, but my assumption is that it's, uh, um, you know, fear of the Lord. Like they just, like they understood it. Like, oh yeah, God's like not playing around. He's like, he's genuine. You know, he's, he means what he says. And, um, um, and then it says in chapter 12, the, the, the narrative sort of changes a little bit. It says, at the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were taking place among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's portico, which is part of the temple. They were in part of a portion of the temple in Jerusalem, uh, specifically preaching and, and hanging out and having fun. And, um, but it says, but none of the rest dared associate with them. However, the people held them in high esteem. So... A lot of non-believers there are there, you know, a lot of other Jews were there um, and they're sitting there preaching and they're doing these miraculous signs. And, but it's like, they don't want to, they don't want to, especially with these stories of like, oh, God's, you know, killing people, you know, oh, their God's killing someone, you know, like, they're like, I don't know, this is kind of weird, you know, and um, so they're like trying to stay clear, but they're like, but what they're saying, what they're doing is pretty awesome. So like, they're pretty cool guys, you know, like, that's what that's saying. Um and all the more believers in the Lord, multitudes of men and women were constantly added to their number uh, to such an extent that they even carried the sick out into the streets and laid them on cots and pallets so that when Peter came by, uh, at least his shadow might fall on one of them. So it's kind of interesting. There's two parts to this that are, that are kind of interesting that you can look at. Like 
there was more than just Peter that were healing people. And like, I mean, Peter just happened to be a, a, a very good speaker and a very good preacher, you know, but he was also healing people. And like um, a lot of people were associating him with the healing of God and stuff. But um, they weren't quite fully recognizing that they were also called. You know, these new believers weren't really realizing that they were also called to go and pray for these people but what's kind of cool at the same time is these these sick people and these these believers were like, "Hey, we know that if if even just Peter's shadow falls on them, they'll they'll experience healing or like restoration." Like, it's like it's kind of weird to see like both sides of that, you know, like of that that story. It's like you know these people had the faith that just his shadow, like he just cast the shadow on them and they're healed. Like, that's freaking cool. Like, God's God's really cool. Like when he does stuff like that yeah. and uh, um so also people from the cities of uh in the vicinity of Jerusalem were coming together and bringing people who were sick or afflicted with unclean spirits and they were all being healed so demons are being cast out people are being healed people are coming from all over they're hearing some some amazing stories they're getting first-hand accounts second-hand accounts of of testimonies of people that were healed or had ailments or sick sickness and then now they're coming back and they're being healed like 100% healed it's like that's that's awesome um but then it says you know all of this is happening these all these great things are happening but this is the high priest rose up along with all of his associates that's the sadducees so they're the highest order of like the the um uh, Jewish religion, basically, and and they're getting jealous. You know, they're they're normally the ones that are in the temples preaching or teaching or whatever, and they're the ones in the the seats of honor. You know, like whenever they did worship, they were usually the ones that were standing up. Like everybody else is facing the temple, but then like the the Sadducees or the the priests would typically be facing the crowd rather than the temple. You know, and it's like they're there sitting there, like you know standing and praising God, but like facing the crowd, it's kind of like a, like, Oh, look at me, you know, or like, that's what some of the, some of the priests, you know, or Sadducees typically had. And so, um, um, anyways, it says that these guys, these particular guys, um, were filled with jealousy, you know, the spotlight's not on them anymore in this moment. And so they're, they're, they're struggling and it says that they laid their hands on the apostles. So they, you know, literally grabbed them by with their hands and put them in jail so they probably had a lot of the Roman guards on, on payroll and whatever and tried to get them um, uh, put in jail, which they did. And then it says during the night, I'm sure those guys were praying or hanging out and just talking. You know, they knew they knew full well what to expect, you know, of being filled with the spirit and hearing the things of God. I don't think it doesn't say they struggled or that they you know fought or anything like they did, especially Peter. You know, like you didn't do what he did, you know, when Jesus got taken, you know, it wasn't like a all defensive that it just says that they they put them in jail you know so um there wasn't a fight but it says during the night then this angel of the lord shows up and it took him outside um what does that mean i don't know i mean does it mean it was kind of like what we've read previously in, in other chapters and other books where you know um you know it says the guards fell asleep and then the doors swung open you know we don't know but it just says that the angel came and and then it, they commanded uh peter um, uh, it says, go and speak to the people in the temple with the whole message of life. So go and tell the whole message of what God has done and the whole message of, 
of true life, you know, and it's like it's only through Christ, basically, uh, the message of Christ. Um, and upon hearing this, they entered the temple. It's daybreak, so basically they're all night until about early morning, probably, I don't know, 5, 6 in the morning or maybe a little bit later, and then they, um, they're freed. They go to uh, the temple, and they begin to teach, it says. But then it says, and then it cuts back, and then it says, now when the high priest and his associates came, so they woke up in the morning. They probably do their morning prayer. They came together, and they were like, okay, what are we going to do about these guys? Um, it says here that they uh, sent for the, the officers to go and retrieve the prisoners so that they can question them. They're not there. Like, oh, what the heck's going on? Like, how is that even possible? Like, there's two guards standing outside. Doors are locked shut, and yet these guys aren't in there. That's, that's pretty crazy. Um, um, <coughs> so they give the account of what happens, and then it says that uh, someone came from the temple and reported to them that the, the men that they told to stop preaching are now in the temple preaching again. So... Um, it says, then the captain went along with the officers and proceeded to bring them back without violence, for they were afraid of the people. They might be, they might be stoned. So they're afraid of a riot situation. They, the people clearly like Peter and the apostles and they're, as they're preaching and doing these things. And so they talk to them and like, hey, like, you guys were in jail. Like, you guys need to come back. We need to question you. Like, please come with us kind of a thing because... They're trying to do it civilly because they know if they just handcuff them and like take them, they're probably going to start a riot, which they just they don't want. And then they look bad, and then they get even more less of the spotlight. You know, they get even less um, fame. So they're trying to do it peacefully. So as they're coming together, um, the high the high priest or uh, leader of the council says we gave you strict orders to not continue teaching in, in this name, and yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. And so Peter says, well, look, like we obey God rather than men. Uh, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you had put to the death by hanging him on the cross. So he's like, look, like you guys decided to kill him. You, you know, God brought him to you guys, and you guys decided to kill him. That's the authority by which we're speaking, and we believe in God. And so like, our authority is in God, not in men, not in religion. Um, and so he says, uh, He is the one whom God has exalted to his right hand as a prince and a savior to grant repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses of these things. So we were there. That's what he's saying. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those whom he obeyed. So Jewish, the Jewish culture, they knew like before Christ came, the, the, the Holy Spirit would only manifest to do certain things. Like either those who truly were obedient to, um, to God or in the moments of like where the Holy Spirit would show up, he would manifest himself into someone or in a situation and then like he would leave, you know, um, and that was it. You know, the, the Holy Spirit didn't dwell here on earth. It wasn't until after Christ, as Christ said, you know, like, I must go so that I can send the counselor, the one who's greater than I, to you. Um, and so he's specifying, Peter's specifying, he says, um, not only were we witnesses to the fact that Jesus died, that you guys killed him, and then he raised from the dead, like, it's by also the Holy Spirit 
again, reiterating, like, not only do we have, are we filled with the Holy Spirit, but it's whom God has given those who obey him. So, um, he's, he's just really, like, trying to, like, he's talking to these people that are very religious, very knowledgeable, and he's like, look, I'm, I'm trying to give you guys an opportunity here to understand that, like, God has sent us, like, you're not getting it. You're leaning on your own understanding right now. And he's not directly saying this, but he's trying to give them as much credibility to what they're saying as much as possible. But um, they're just still not having it. Um, and as they heard this, as they heard about this Holy Spirit, it says, but then they heard this, they were cut to the quick and intended to kill them. <clears throat> So they, they, you can see these guys are just getting pissed. Their egos are hurt. They're bruised. They're like, oh, these guys have so much, you know, you know, they're, they're just, they, they, they uh, think that Peter's being so pious and just so arrogant and how dare he, you know, and they, they, they tend to kill. But then it says that the, this Pharisee, the, the leader or teacher of the law says, you know, he's respected by everybody. And he says, um, you know what? Take him outside, like, take him outside. We're going to talk right now. And then he goes on and talks about how there's been other false prophets. There's been all these other people that, you know, shown up, you know, that um, let's, you know, let's, uh, let's let these guys, like, fizzle out. Because if, if they're not from God and they're of men, they're, they're going to fail. I'm not sure about that. They're going to fail and they will... Uh, um, The, the they're following and the people that are following them, you know, they're they're just going to go back to the way things were and, and it's not going to be that big of a deal. Uh, and also there's the fear of or the, the possibility that if it ends up being that they are from God, then you're, you're going to be one of the ones found in, in contempt, the ones that are found in um, uh, fighting against God. And so as a result, you know, these guys listen to this guy, this this teacher's wisdom um, and so they, uh, you know, they took his advice, but it says that they flogged them uh, because it was, it was considered not punishment. I want to say it's like 49 lashings, which is flogging. You basically, with a reed, you get flogged for, it's like if it's anything less than 49, it's just, it's legal. But if it's after that, then it's considered a punishment, 50 or more. Then, so like, it was just like, we're, we're going to tell you to stop doing this. Like it's a, the, for them, they considered this as a uh, slap on the wrist, the, the equivalent of what we consider a slap on the wrist today. Um, and, uh, but obviously it's much significantly more painful. And uh, so they get flogged and then uh, they send them on their way. But it, then it says that um, they were, they were so full of the spirit and they were so full of joy that they recognized it. Like, look, like we get to suffer for his name. Like, you know, how, how awesome is that? And then it says, uh, and every day in the temple from house to house, they kept on right on teaching and preaching the name of Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, so I mean, there's, there's a lot here. And so like we as men, I, I, I really like this chapter. I think this is actually the chapter I was reading that I decided that, that God spoke to me and was like, you know, we need to, you need to go through the book of Acts, you know, to, to understand what it means to be men. Um, because we start off at the beginning of the chapter where 
um, you know, people are selling off their possessions and helping out others in need. And then it ends in, or it begins in the, in the beginning of chapter five of, you know, God's dealing with liars and people that are basically putting the God to test or putting his grace to test, you know, and, uh, uh, as a result, they, they, they die, you know, in that instance. Now, you know, it's not our job to care or know whether or not they're in heaven or not, but they were no longer living here on earth. We know that. And so, you know, and, and it was a result of their, their sin, of their, their lying. Um, I don't know, you know, what, what that means uh, as far as their salvation, but I don't think that's really what's important here. What's important is that God wants your authenticity. <coughs> If you're going to lie, like, admit it, you know, and if um, you're going to make a promise, then keep your promise. You know, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't be a in-betweener. So, you know, we're called to be authentic. We're called to 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 snuff out all the crap and, and um, uh, even in our own hearts, you know, don't don't let the, the devil have a foothold, you know, and um, it's better to, to admit that you've stolen or cheated or whatever uh or lied about something you know than to uh let that sin fester any longer because god, god hates it he just hates he hates lying so much um but then we go on to see that after this you know people gain respect and fear the lord and you know we continue to see signs and wonders we see people getting Healed, sick people getting healed, demons getting cast out. We see uh, um, religious leaders getting upset, you know, because they they feel like their power is getting taken away, um, and as a result, you know, uh, an angel shows up, you know, and like frees, you know, God God knew what was going to happen, you know, Peter and I don't know if it was Peter and James or I forgot who all was there, but, um, you know, these guys were very faithful and um, God showed up and, and re- uh, uh, redeemed them from the situations that they were in. And they were able to give an account of who God is and, um, you know, even the wisdom of uh, ancient wisdom of this Pharisee, you know, Gimli or what was what was his name? Sorry. Um, Council. Gamaliel. Gamaliel. Um, was able to, to deduce like, look, if, if they're just of their own accord, they're going to fail just as all men do. So <coughs> let them just fizzle out and, um, we're wasting our time basically is what he's saying. And they agree. And I don't know. It's just like, it's, it's really cool. Like we're called to, into something bigger and, and better than um, anything we can come up with. And it's like, um, it's bigger than our emotions. It's bigger than our, our desires or, um, you know, and there's something about giving and, and being one with our, in unity with, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And, um, being able to give an account with our actions, you know, of, of who we are and what we're doing and um, the fact that we have the Holy Spirit and what a powerful 
and wonderful God we have, you know, that we're able to go and, and um, speak into situations. You know, sometimes I think um, we don't necessarily always know all the details and that's okay. Or um, sometimes we can try to figure out what to expect, but it's like the fact is God is there and he will guide us and protect us and, and uh, give us the words to say when we need them. And, and um, we just got to learn to listen and be in communion with one another and um, be authentic men, be authentic genuine men and I think there's something powerful when even as leaders uh, whether you're a manager or you know whatever it's like you know you can you can be vulnerable maybe you don't necessarily have to tell all your dirt but just being genuine like hey yeah like I'm awful at this or I'm not very good at this or you know when I was coming up you know I you know destroyed a $60,000 $60,000 vehicle because I didn't take care, you know, whatever. It's like, you're, you're just being vulnerable. You're able to empathize or give someone a way to empathize with you. You know, there's something about being able to bring those, those bad experiences or those things that could potentially fester into sin. If we keep them quiet or secret, you know, like, or maybe you got angry at a customer when they said something or, you know, they, they, came in guns blazing and, and instead of reacting with a little bit of grace or, or trying to actually help them, you just reacted to their emotions. And so as a result, you know, you, you ended up getting a write up, you know, but it's like, you know, you've let that fester and it just keeps playing over and over and over in your head over the years. And it's like, you never actually like tell anybody else about it and how it affected you. There's something powerful in being vulnerable. And it's like, I think that's what Peter was trying to do. He was listening to the spirit. He's like, He's like, ask these questions, you know, of, of Ananias and his wife and like, give them a chance to, to repent, you know, give them a chance to change the way they think. Um, and they didn't. And they paid the price. You know, they were testing God ultimately in their actions and they didn't expect it, but they died for it. You know, and it's like, what other things can we let go? You know, what other freedoms do we have? Like, we have the freedom to go to God and like, yep, I lied. I'm sorry, God. Like. And he's okay with that. Like he would rather that, he would rather you sit there and cry and moan for the next four hours to him, you know, than, than to, you know, just come to him on Sunday and be like, oh, I love you, God. You know, things are so good. You know, it's like he would rather you like air it all out, you know, just let it all out, you know, just be genuine with him. Um, and as a result, you know, your testimony is going to be... Um, I think that much more powerful and much more influential. And um, I don't know. I, I, I just, I enjoyed reading this and just, I think that is um, one of those, the, one of those chapters that really continues to show you what the men of God did, you know, in the early church and um, how we can be menly godly men. And, and uh, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's an encouragement. Hopefully that's, it's good. I mean, um, Acts is just overall really good. A lot of full of full of knowledge and full of some really cool things that um, uh, we'll get to go through. But uh, is there anything confusing? Any questions? Any cool things that stuck out to you guys? I mean, the only the only thing I have is like I just uh, it's pretty good. But I just had I really like the part and I've read this. Uh, this chapter a ton of times because of this part, but where, you know, they're like rejoicing because they just got 
yeah, kind of. That's probably that's probably my favorite part too. Yeah, like, they just got beat and they're like, yes, name of God. <laughs> the lesser friends of the castle rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. Like they saw it as I was worthy to be beaten. <laughs> right. That's yeah. So cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like how much, how much, how much greater is it to be punished for doing the right thing than it is to be punished for doing the wrong thing? Right. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, they knew, you know, yeah, they're beat, they got flogged and they got, you know, uh, belittled by the Jewish council, the religious leaders, but that didn't matter to them. It was like, you know, they knew that God was doing something, you know, and, and, Clearly, an angel shows up as a result, you know, of, of one, their obedience, and two, of, of the fact that uh, God had a bigger plan than what even the, the council, the Jewish leaders had in mind uh, for the, the apostles. So, yeah, um, I, think, I think that's very possible. I think even in the, the hard times, it's like, you know, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And um, I think it's... Uh, one of those things that if we can get to that place on a consistent basis or on a regular basis, one, we won't rob ourselves of joy. Sin or negativity won't, <coughs> won't creep in and, and uh, make, us, make us cynical or, or, or um, miss out on, on blessings because of it. You know, it's like, you know, these guys saw the blessings and the opportunity, you know, and... Um, doesn't mean that they want to go out and get beaten all the time. No, but I mean, they understood that it's for a good cause. Like they're, they're dealing with some ignorant people or ignorant situations. And, um, the only thing they can do is, is store up oil for themselves and, and light up their lamps, you know, yeah. um, kind of like how I talked about in Matthew, uh, 25, um, with the parable of the 10 virgins. And it's like, you know, we all have a lamp, but, uh, some of us have oil and some of us don't, and um, it's up to us to store up oil for ourselves. And so um, these guys did, and as a result, you know, uh, they were able to take joy in that in that moment. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Great way to finish the story, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, someone want to close this in prayer? God, Dale. <laughs> You're not getting much out of me. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, I'll take care of it. <clears throat> Dear Father God, we just thank you for uh, the opportunity to gather. Thank you for friendships and just being able to spend time together and do life together and get to know each other more. And, and uh, just thank you for giving us friends that love you and relationships to where we can uh, grow towards you together. Um, thank you for this opportunity to have this study and thank you for everything you've given us in our own personal lives, Father, and all the many blessings you've done. God, I just pray that you just continue to bless us and watch over us and protect us, help us to become stronger leaders as men in our households and be more like your son every single day. Um, just help us to become spiritual giants and to take on this world with um, just no worries of, of anything that's, uh, you know, not in your path, God. I just pray that you would just continue to bless our lives and uh, help us to um, you know, not worry and put our faith in everything that you're doing and just continue to work on us. 
Uh, thank you for being an uh, amazing Savior. In your son's name, amen. Amen. Awesome. That cat is lights out right now.